Welcome, everyone, to another episode of To Debate, the podcast of debates. My name is Dirk. I'm one of your two hosts, and I'm speaking with uh, Sebastian, who happened to be in Thailand today. Hi, Sebastian. How are you doing? I am indeed in Thailand, and it's. Uh, I'm actually recording outside in an alleyway between two rows of bungalows getting bitten by mosquitoes. It's just to make conditions difficult for me so you have a chance to win today. I'm giving you a chance. I'm not saying that you will actually win. <laughs> All right. Today's motion, it's going to be an interesting one. In the wake of Trump's conversation with Taiwan officials, we thought, let's discuss the value of diplomatic protocols. So our motion for today's debate is, let's get rid of diplomatic protocols altogether. And by the flip of a coin, we decided that I'm for this motion and you, Sebastian, you're going to be against the motion. And uh, I'm going to be second debater. You're going to go first. So it's uh, your your turn to, well, make a good case why we, well, should not get rid of diplomatic protocols, I guess. That's correct. I will argue against the motion. Okay. Let's do this. Sebastian goes first and argues against the motion. Your Highness Dirk, protocols matter because if we did not have them, you would already have interrupted me or not respected the structure of this debate. In fact, this is my very first point. Protocols offer some structure. It's not about being politically correct. It's a process so that people and process and various things actually happen as smoothly as possible. It's an interface, if you will. And if you speak in the IT language, it's kind of a API, if you will. So you can interface with different cultures, different languages, different habits. People are busy. They don't want to lose their time and they want to get straight to business. Furthermore, protocols are usually the representation of the formal position of a, of a country. They allow to reduce ambiguity. If you did not have them, there is a risk that in some cultures, specific aspects, specific gestures may be interpreted wrongly. For instance, when uh, George Bush Sr. in 1992 went in Australia, he did this V sign, which is in, in the US is a sign of victory. But in Australia, it's equivalent to showing you the middle, to showing the middle finger. So clearly, when you're uh, traveling abroad, what uh, someone said in this case, it would be best, especially in Australia, to wear mittens to understand different cultures instead of just doing some V sign with your fingers. Additionally, uh, you want to, as I was mentioning, you want to avoid cultural mismatch. You quickly want to discuss important matters. In Asia, as you may know, it's important to say face. So you may, want, you may not want to be very blunt in the way you're going to express things. Otherwise, who knows what's going to happen when powers and superpowers have nuclear weapons. If there's a misinterpretation in, in the way that you communicate or you have a specific interface with another country, it may lead to some dramatic consequences. So for all these reasons, I am strongly against getting rid of diplomatic protocols, which help alleviate any misunderstanding, any mis miscommunication and go straight to business. <laughs> Now, it's Dirk's turn. Let's hear his argument. Not if you ever did one of the following. Agreeing to terms of use without reading them. Laughing about someone's jokes despite not finding it funny. Making someone a compliment without meaning it. 
If you nodded, and I bet you did, then you just heard examples that all have something in common. Double speak. In case of the terms of use, you agree because you don't have the time to actually read the thing and frankly you have no choice. Nothing about a bad joke, you're polite and it means you have social skills. Still, all of the three mean you score points by saying or doing something you don't mean to do. The same forces are at play on the international stage. We follow rules like a dance and call it protocol. In the end, we are achieving too little and often not what we want. I say let's try to be more honest and skip the double speak. And also by breaking protocol, you, you have a chance to open new conversations. You have a chance to surprise people. Um, yes, I know in Asia it's important to save face. But maybe saving face is not always the most important call to the order. Maybe every now and then you need to shake things up. As President Trump likes to say, if we, if we feel it's appropriate to sell guns to them, maybe also taking a phone call is something suitable to do. So I would say let's get rid of the protocols and have real world actions instead. Now it's Sebastian's turn. Let's hear his rebuttal. So let me go from the micro level to the macro level and to show that there's a major risk in getting rid of diplomatic protocols, which I am against. At the micro level, it is necessary to reduce the stress of the foreign missions, the foreign embassies, which are present in every country. And this is actually something very practical. It's not about being politically correct or double speak. It's about allowing everyone to codify things, to make things more predictable. The worst thing that can happen between countries is to make things uncertain, to make things unpredictable. So providing this basic social framework, which you mentioned yourself, this hierarchy to follow, it's far from being something very stuffy or mysterious. It's actually, in fact, based in pragmatic thinking, in common sense, in not only good manners, but also good manners. I'm surprised you will quote um, Trump in this case when you say this is the way to have real things happen. Because let me go to the next aspect, which is the macro level. When I say you want things to be predictable, we also talk about the long term. The relationship between the US and China does not date since Trump was elected. It will not end when Trump will be out of office in four or eight years. It will continue. It will carry on. So it is vital that these relationships continue on this long-term basis. Governments are temporary. Administrations are temporary. But the relationship between countries are very long term, and this is important for each nation to remain and remain credible and certain of their actions. Otherwise, indeed, there is a risk of new, not conversations, but dramatic actions. This is my third point, that the risks are major. How often has it happened that missiles were sent for apparently exercise purposes by the US or by Russia or by China, and another major power thought it was possibly an attack because that other nation had not respected the, in the protocol to actually not maybe fire weapons in this specific, specific zone. And this is why it's not about double speak. It's about in ensuring there is no misunderstanding, no ambiguity, and why the long term matters. You talk about new conversations. Which one? Which one have happened thanks to breaking protocol? Are you talking about Berlusconi, who talks about Obama and his wife as being particularly well suntanned? Are you talking about Cameron, when he displays puppies on his 
jacket in China, which reminds the Chinese of the Opium Wars in the 19th century, with they, which they have lost. And actually, the Chinese have asked the British delegation to remove the puppies from jackets. And do you know what the British did? They refused. This is why you, you talk about opening new conversations and sparking new actions. I am sorry, no. And finally, my last point here is you cannot get rid of diplomatic protocols because that cannot be enforced. Who, according to which supranational law, will you edict that rule by which protocols have to be get gotten rid of? In fact, this will not work because Chinese or Asians or specific countries will still expect them. So if Trump gets rid of them, the other party will not get rid of them. Next up, Dirk. Well, I quoted Trump because he was a trigger to our debate. But you point to a larger scheme and you point to something that's, in fact, my, one of my counter-arguments. You mentioned all the things that nation-states expect and cultures expect uh, in terms of behavior. That has two downsides. One, diplomatic protocol sometimes even is assumed as being as close to actual laws as it can be and it's fixing systems and power structures so by breaking protocol by not complying with it you also express um, a certain flexibility you enforce the negotiation of new rules and come on really you say we were close to a nuclear war because people uh, did breach protocol and stationed uh, um, weapons on the wrong places in the wrong time and shot on the wrong time if if really protocol makes a difference between war and not war then maybe we have even the more reason to look at protocols uh, more closely second thing If protocols like, I don't know, the seating orders at a state's dinner really decide over the, the quality of the relationships we have, maybe there's something gone out of hand. Maybe there's something that we need to look closer to because we actually want to talk about issues and not about the imagery on jackets or the, the order in which people are seated or the order in which people are greeted. It's having way too much weight. Uh, third argument, diplomatic protocols are maintained by diplomats. This is a whole system created in times where travel took days, if not weeks, and where it was not possible to consult the sovereign or another state to interact directly. Today, we have something crazy, the internet, and we have something even more crazy, air travel. So it puts our officials even our state's leaders within reach on a moment's notice. So if someone is offended by something someone else is doing, saying or stating, they can just give each other a call. And I think protocols are at least to a large extent out of a time where this was not possible at such an easy pace in such a short time. Getting rid of them or at least uh, de-emphasizing them significantly freeze up all that energy that's frozen in those systems. And yes, by all means, let's do that. Let's have common sense when, in our interaction instead of some rule book that you need to study before you even start talking. Last not least, sometimes protocols are even causing their own problems. If all of a sudden we, we have arguments over something that, that may or may not have been protocol, uh, maybe breaking it forces a rethinking. For instance, let's go back to Trump in that case. I don't like the guy, but uh, one thing for sure has been happening. People start discussing the relationship between the states, China and Taiwan. And that's not necessarily a bad outcome. Final statements. We're recording this just before Christmas, Doug. 
And as you know, around Christmas, people actually sit around to have dinner. And people who listen to our podcast may also experience this problem, indeed the seating arrangement. So you may not like it, but it is actually a question everyone faces themselves when they have to sit for dinner. Well, might not make it easier. You have a protocol, you go quick, more quickly to business, let's, have, let's go to the meat of the discussion without any pun. The puppies. You say this is this should not be a problem, at least should not be a reason for war or not war. But the thing is, you yourself in your corner cannot decide this on behalf of others. You are being arrogant here by deciding that the Chinese cannot be offended. I'd like them not to be offended, but they are. And this is why we should understand that we need that interface, just like you have APIs in the IT language, which allow you to work with different piece of technology. You can't decide what the other piece of technology will do on its own, but you can interface with it. And finally, indeed, it is beneficial for everyone, not only in the embassy, but also at the major level, because relationships are longer term. It's not just about Trump and his call to China. Maybe not a call is not enough. Maybe it's not appropriate when you say you can just give each other a call. Maybe this is a very Western attitude. Again, this is a major risk to go out of a framework, to go out of a structure. And I am not willing to take that risk. So this is why I am not in favor of getting rid of diplomatic protocols. Dirk. So, you know what that is? If you have the right to be uh, offended by something someone says or someone does, and you, by extension, force others to adjust their behavior to not offend you, I call that passive-aggressive. And uh, passive-aggressiveness is not actually a good way to uh, embark on any business. I also think... If you're forced to use other ways of communication, if you have to deal with your, I don't know, embarrassments, uh, your your personal uh, feelings and situations, that doesn't necessarily mean it leads to disaster. It's not always the risk to end in a nuclear war just because someone on the table is offended. And to come back to the seating arrangement example, if you are sitting around the Christmas dinner, placing Uncle Harry on the wrong t side of the table, maybe that sparks a healthy debate and not a bad discussion. And uh, it's different than you imagine it when you decided on the protocol on your side. So I'm for opening up. I'm for the motion. Let's get rid of diplomatic protocols and have adult, honest conversations. Thank you for listening. As usual, you can uh, leave us your comments on our various social media channels. We have a Facebook group, uh, which is open, so you can add additional arguments we may not have used or debate on that very motion we just debated upon. Don't forget to vote. Also, if we have convinced you, go to our website. You'll find those little thumbs up, thumbs down, where you can vote whether you were convinced. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. As usual, we had a ton of fun. We hope you had too. Sorry, I don't want to have Uncle Harry sitting next to me. It's going to be a nuclear war if you do that, Dirk. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Harry next I am not to you. When someone tells me they are offended in their religion or offended by, I don't know, what I, I do in my spare time, I have that impulse in me to think, so what? 
it's uh, it, it by by just demanding that you are uh, following a certain code to make it easier for me. I'm actually enforcing I'm forcing myself on you. I I completely agree with you. Actually, when I submitted this debate, for me, my natural inclination is to get rid of any political correctness because for me, this is this is what it was about. Exactly what you were mentioning. I remember some issues between the French president and the Queen of England and you know that kind of stuff right? and like what why are we even talking about this this is so ridiculous so that's why I did my little, my little research for this exercise which I'm, I'm not sure has completely changed my own opinion I don't know but I found, I found that there was there was deeper there was deeper uh, value in it uh, anyway but certainly, you, you, you gave me the wrong, the wrong example with a sitting arrangement because that clearly, that clearly does upset me. I don't want to sit next to specific people. So, yeah, but I also want to have the. Uh, I I like to to make that call myself. So it's uh, I don't want to have anyone deciding over seating arrangements. For me, that statement of his that uh, if it's okay to sell 390 million worth of weaponry to Taiwan, uh, it should be also okay to go on a phone call with them. Uh, he has a point. <laughs> Try not to be killed by mosquitoes in the way uh, during the, the debate. Yeah, well, I need to try and be actually to hold my timer in my hand, um, my microphone in my other hand, and somehow with my mouth speak and hold my pen so I jot down my notes, which are on three pieces of paper. So it's going to be fun. Okay. And my mother's taking a picture of me during this recording <laughs> in the middle of any... I have no... Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> you see the flash? That's my mother taking a picture of me. <laughs> <laughs>